Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 23 of Anything Else to Add Podcast with your host, me, Lindsay Rogers. Anyway, we're gonna go do some, I gotta do, talk to you guys some crazy stuff, and uh, go over some crazy reviews and whatnot. Okay, so let's begin, shall we? Okay, so to begin with, um, past um there was an they said it's a controversy but it's crazy but anyway if you guys didn't know on sunday night on the oscars what happened was uh chris rock told a kind of terrible joke about about will smith's wife jada now anybody who thinks that this is about her about their um romance life it's definitely definitely wrong it's not really it was actually about jada's uh hair look because um it's because because he was making fun of her hair or because you guys didn't know jada has alopecia so yes this is all about this was about Jada Pickett-Smith. And, and, you know, Will thought it was funny, but then he, when he looked at his wife, she was like, uh-uh. Oh. So he went up there, and then he ended up slapping pink, um, Chris Rock. Apparently, um, people think it's faked, and then, you know, I don't know. I definitely heard it was a sound. Anyway, um, (laughs) anyway, so apparently because of this, there was a lot of memes and stuff, but now there is a huge, much of a backlash and everybody is now talking about this. Anyway, let me listen to the news for a moment. So apparently it's been a debate that what happened with Will Smith was really bad. And the Academy Award or saying that they are going to look into this. However, uh, Will Smith ended up posting on Instagram. Now, before I can continue, um, just to inform you, Will Smith is on Instagram and TikTok. Apparently, there are those on Inst- on Twitter tagging a Will Smith, but it's not the real Will Smith that they're that it is. The Will Smith is actually a that is verified is actually a uh <laughs> is actually. A verified, uh, he's a verified, uh, count, but he's a Twitch streamer. Where, where if you do end up tagging him, just be careful. Do, uh, unless it's about, uh, about the, about, uh, that. Anyway, uh, the guy is dad, husband, a and I guess comms man, I guess communication manager for, uh, 
a stray Bombay. A uh, he's the co-host of Co- Brad and Will Make a Tech podcast. Email no thanks, thanks. And it says Avatar by Sir Mitchell. And yeah, he's a very he's he's a a partner on t- which. So, please don't do that if you're tweeting about the actor and not the Twitch streamer. Because he couldn't believe what happened and people ended up tagging him. Including those who were verified. Which just makes me feel sorry for the guy. But anyway... So, I'm just clearing things up with you guys. So, yes, the real Will Smith, the one that, who caused the scene, uh, caused the controversy at the Academy Awards, actually made a statement on his Instagram account, which he states here. Violence in all forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Gina's medical condition was too much for me to bear and react emotionally. I would like to apologize, publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I am embarrassed and my actions were, were not indicative of the man I wanted to be. There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I'd also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior had stained what has been an otherwise a gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. So, yeah. So, now, I know people are not, like, happy about, some people are not happy about it, but there are some who are. For me, I mean, this is a little bit more better than what he said about it. That So, anyway. Hey, um, anyway, however, there is an article that came out from Entertainment Tonight who actually, they end up getting a quote from, who actually got the quote from, uh, Sharina and Venus Williams' father, who, who speaked out after Will Smith's Chris Rock slap, which the quote says on the tweet says, we don't know all all the details of what happened, but we don't condone anyone hitting anyone else unless it's in (sighs) self-defense. Anyway, the article states here that um, from ET, an ET online written out by Mona Khalifa, uh, Khalifa, sorry, I'm, I'm butchering badly, it's, I'm having a hard time saying it, so sorry. Anyway, it says here, uh, Richard Williams, the father of 
father of Venus and Serena Williams, and the strong-willed tennis coach Will Smith portrayed in his Oscar-winning performance of King Richard, a speaking out after the, their speaking out following the Smith's altercations with Chris Rock at the 2022 Oscars. Williams provided a statement, E.T. Money, after Smith slapped Rock during Sunday night's broadcast when the comedian made a joke about Smith's wife, Jada Pickett-Smith. We don't know all the details of what happened. We don't condone anyone hitting anyone else unless it's in self-defense. William said via his son, Shavolta Lissane. And my father was surprised as anyone when Will Smith suddenly retaliated against Chris Rock for making a joke about Jada Pickett Smith on Sunday. Lissane went on to share, I want to congratulate Will on the Oscar. It was an honor to see him win Best Actor. William's statement came after the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science announced it had launched a formal review in, into the onstage incident after condemning the violence that took place Sunday. The Academy condemns the actions of Mr. Smith at last night's sh show, the statement released Monday. On Monday reads, we officially started a formal review around the incident and will explore further actions and consequences in accordance with our by the hall's standards of conduct and California law. It all went down on um, when Chris Rock took the stage to present the 94th Annual Academy Awards while presenting the Saturday Night Live alone, quip Jada, I love you. G.I.J.N. Who can't wait to see it? Reference to her shaved head. Within seconds, the King Richard star walked on stage and slapped Rock with an open hand on the face. The girl trip. The girl's trip actress has been vocal about her struggles with alopecia, an autoimmune disorder which causes bald spots and hair loss. After delivering the slap, Sniff, Smith returned to his seat and yelled, Leave my wife's name out of your effing mouth. Soon after, Smith took on stage and set his first Oscar for Best Actor. Smith used the moment in his speech to formally apologize to the Academy for the incident. I wanted to apologize the, to the Academy. I want to apologize to all my fellow nominees, he said through tears. This is a beautiful moment, and I'm not crying for winning an award, he know it. It's not about winning an award for me. It's about being able to shine a light on all the people, the entire cast and crew of King Richard. While he did not apologize to Rock at the time, he did Monday afternoon in a post sharing to Instagram, which I had already read. Edgy guys. Is. <sighs> And it says here, Chris Rock, who declined to press charges Sunday night, has yet to speak out about the incident. So, apparently, 
my thoughts about this is I know that people are thinking there's no way that much of what happened, but I mean, I mean, maybe I have no idea how I should feel about this. I mean, I mean, what happened has happened, and even though it produced that lot of memes, but I mean, should should Will Smith be punished? Losing his uh, best actor? Not really. I mean, what happened is happened. It was a terrible take. And I know Chris Rock means well, but I don't know. It just hurts my head, really, about what went down. So, yeah, I mean, now, I just want to state this. There are going to be some people who are going to say that this has to do with, uh, about Will and Jada's romance life. All right. Not really. It not really is about. It's just that Chris Rock told a very bad joke because, I, I mean, it was, let me just say, it was sort of a hit and miss kind of situation because because I had no idea until about last night's it's Oscar there's that Jada Jada Pickett Smith actually had alopecia and explained why she had gone bald and I had zero idea that she had a hair loss illness that is alopecia. And not only that, it's an autoimmune disease as well. And I just didn't understand until that night. And then when I realized, I'm like, yeah, that's not a good thing. Now, I know what you guys are gonna probably confused about this is about G.I. Jane. What is G.I. Jane? Well, it's a uh, movie that was filmed back in... It, it was released in 1997. It starred uh, Demi Moore uh, as a, uh, as a uh, soldier that was dub that was uh dub uh I guess anyway it's a crazy cast I mean uh, yeah and uh yeah it see it tells here it's a uh, the film tells a fictional story of the first woman undergoed special operations training, similar to the U.S. Navy SEALs. And I don't know if this is the... It, uh, yeah, it's... And it was a... It performed badly. But it was... But it was kind of crazy. Um... Apparently, the cast includes, besides Demi Moore, there was Vigo Mortensen, uh, Anne Bancroft, oh, and, uh, <laughs> this J and Jason Vigie, who, right before he was, got 
well known as uh, Sergeant Hank Voigt on Chicago PD. He was actually in this movie playing Lieutenant Commander Royce Harper, which I learned that uh, his character was a love interest of uh, Jordan O'Neill, played by Demi Moore. Actually, to tell you the truth, when I heard about when I looked in about this, and I ended up searching, and uh, yeah, there was a clip of the two of them in bed together. I was like, "Holy, holy, cr- holy cr- crud!" <laughs> I was like, "Yikes, man!" <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what happened, and even though I would say that was somewhat poorly taste, I mean. And, uh, and, uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, so that was, was it all about, it was about the, about, uh, about the, uh, it was about the joke. Now, that was about it then. Yeah, well, kind of coldly kind of reacted. And I know it was weird, to say the least. But then again, I don't know. So, yeah, and there are people who are probably going to say, oh, it's about their love life. So, like, Mm-mm-mm. that was not about it, Okay. It's just, it was just weird. Will just reacted weird enough, so. So, there you go. So, yep. Hey guys, it's me, Lindsay, and I want to talk to you guys about something here in this part of this episode before I go over the F, talk about the FBI shows. I want to just let you guys know that I am having a complete freak out and being accused of something that was very disre- was was scary and disrespectful let me explain i went to 711 then and i wanted to use the mobile checkout because i have it on my phone if you don't know about this this let me explain 7-Eleven starts to start doing mobile checkout for those who want to go into 7-Eleven to get things and without dealing with a, with a cashier, which is very much safe, I would say, but not really. Because let me explain. I went into 7-Eleven and I decided to get an energy drink and two ice creams. And I was going to pay it right through my phone. Because that is what 7-Eleven is trying to do. However, after I just had this paid and I was going to have it scanned and with a QR code to confirm the payment, which it did, the employee decides to... An old, which is an old man. I don't know if he is an employee or a family member of a store owner or for a franchise. Um, would do, would go after 
or somebody who decides to wants to go pay for it and accusing me of stealing. When the fact is, I had paid through the app. I have the receipt on my phone. Oh, it's on my account, and he st- and he threatened to call the police. He's on me. Despite I already paid for it, I said to him, "I already paid for it." He said, "No, you have to scan th- in it." I pay for it, you idiot! It, it, it. If you have an issue with that, you should take that up with with uh, the company. I should have said it to him. Instead, he threatened to call the police on me, and he did. He called the police. Barely, my mother saw me, he, and he saw what was going on, and she and we and we had to get out there, and thankfully the police probably didn't came because of it, and probably if they did, they probably say, "Okay, sir, you realized you chastised a customer, scared her to death, because she already paid for it." Hey, I'm pretty sure he's probably a family member who's probably upset and embarrassed by him, and saying she already paid for it, it, it through the mobile, through mobile. If you can't understand that, you shouldn't be working. In fact, I don't know why old people who are working who goes who would end up going to to threaten me because. I did something wrong. When the fact is, I didn't. I have it on proof. Oof. Oof. In fact, I have the receipt. Eight. It's a transaction history. It has an icon. And it says that it was paid in a mobile checkout. Oh. So anyway, I already filed a complaint with with Seven Eleven. And I hope they do call her because this was, this is the reason why I did not want to go through with this guy because he was a creepazoid. Hey, I know, I know you guys thinking I'm nuts, but I am not. I mean, this is the reason why I do not want to deal with an interaction. And I was minding my, I was doing what I can do. I paid for it. Through the mobile, and I was, and I was scanning it from the that block because uh, I already had it paid, and was trying to confirm it. And when that had gone off, 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 he should have just back off what he what I was doing. But instead, he uh, he tried to almost attack me. He chased me out of the store. And and I'm not, and I'm pretty sure I can imagine if this was anybody else, no matter what, even if they did the same thing, and, and I'm pretty sure. Or it was the most it was the most vile thing ever to happen to me. Hey, and if Seven Eleven does call, I'm going to go straight for it and just tell them that. They need to investigate this, the store, the store owner, and if it's a parent, and they should never be working, and they should be at least retired. But for some reason, then they think it's okay to have a relative there, and just what to scare customers who decided to use 
is the mobile checkout. That's that's wrong. You know what? I'm just saying this. This. Thankfully, there's another Seven Eleven. Ben, Ben. If my mother wants to do it again, I'm just telling her we're just gonna go the one that's look, and that is. At, with that gas station, because I never felt so scared in my life, if just because some stupid old man doesn't know that Seven Eleven had this in the mobile app, app, I already paid for it, right? And you're just and, and I'm hoping I'm hoping whoever this who this this old man is, if he's a relative. To the store owner, I hope the store owner is is being humiliated right now, uh, and realize they uh, saying, "I can't believe you scared a customer like that, who decided to pay through their phone." And this is why. And 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 if Seven Eleven can rectify this, that's fine with me. That's fine with me because this is humiliation and because I did not want to deal with the old man and the reason why I did not want to deal with the old man is because he was not nice to Ace. Uh, let me explain back in what was it I think it was last month um he was he never interacted with me much and when I went to, and then I need my receipt, he refused to give it to me. So that's why I, I that's why I did not want to deal with this guy, because he was a complete creepazoid. Hey, and not heading over the receipt, it not being nice or anything, <laughs> proves that I'm not safe. So what happens then? Well, I went to go try. So, the first time I tried to do the mobile checkout, it was fine because the old man was freaking distracted. But not the second time. Oh, no. And now because of that, I'm never safe. And I hope 7-Eleven can rectify this because this is just pure bullcrap. <sighs> okay, rant over. Time to talk about FBI shows. Uh, okay, so this week I kind of much paid attention of the FBI shows. So what happened on FBI? Well, it turns out that uh, apparently it was a case of a. It was turns out it was a revenge situation. Apparently, a gay man named I think his name was uh, Oscar or. I forget. I think it was Oscar or something. Anyway, apparently he was actually on revenge. He ended up killing a an ICE agent, a judge, and actually also tried to kill, and actually kind of did, a uh, U.S. congressman. Or, or who was trying to, I guess, being reelected or was going to be elected. The reason why was he, he was sought out revenge because his parents got deported, it, it deported, and um, and it was very much weird to say because 
this was not the way to go. Oh, and he, and yes, I said he's gay because he had a boyfriend, and the boyfriend had no idea what was going on with with his love. And even though the saddest part is when he ends up dying, and is when he got shot by, uh, I think it was OA. His last words was T amor, meaning love you. Tiamia or Tiamor, I think. It means love you in Spanish. And he ends up dying. And it was sad because he should have just surrendered. And he refused to. And the reason why was because he was seeking out revenge. And it was crazy. And despite of also that OA was trying to understand about the senator he was trying to protect. And the son was even shocked as much. And the truth was, the reason why, was that the U.S. senator was trying to uh, shoot the illegal immigrants is because his wife was murdered by one. And he's been raising his son. And now he has no parents, and he's all alone. But I think he may have some family members taking care of him until he gets older. And um and actually the funniest thing is, even though despite OA tried to protect that senator, it made me kind of feel sad at that what OA did was he tried his best. And he did not and he did not hate the senator. He was trying to understand about the senator. And in the end he told this he told the son and of the of the late u s senator to wait at least seven years years and then maybe join the f b i and he gave him an application and then call him when he's ready. I hope he does you know that means that way that means we need at least seven more seasons before, so we can see this kid. <laughs> I I hope we get some more seasons of FBI because I do want to see the the kid all grown up, and uh, he talks to OA. <laughs> I don't know. Let's hope for let's hope for each season. We hope that the season is renewed. <laughs> anyway, on FBI International, it turns out. Uh, what happened was, uh, Reigns, <laughs> god dang it, <laughs> another character, Nick Wolf, <laughs> anyway, Andre Reigns was starting to box and when he, when something else was going on, apparently his sister Jordan and, and her friends, uh, Grace and Ethan were in fact uh was gonna meet up with a friend named Leon and and instead ended up said the uh sister said uh under sister Jordan and Grace were both ended up getting kidnapped. Uh they got jumped and kidnapped and Ethan got knocked down. And it turns out <laughs> turns out oh there was more than meets the eye. Turns out, uh, when it happened, uh, even though Jordan 
especially called her brother, tried to call out her brother, and he had no idea what was going on because he was boxing. And he was punching the bag. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Hey, Reigns is a boxer. I'm like, where did I not see that before? Hmm. Oh, wait. Hey, Chicago, the Chicago, one Chicago shows. Let's not forget who knows how to box, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dorio Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez I was like really so his sister got kidnapped and and then when Andre went to uh, work and he told everybody what was going on and um apparently they found out where his what happened and he located his sister, and he was in, and uh, her sister and uh, Jordan and who, when her phone dropped, it was located somewhere. There, even though, despite what was going on, and even though they were supposed to be heading to another country, well, apparently Andre decided, you know, he's even though Jaeger was gonna go to help talk to to some people to get the fly team in but instead uh <laughs> he couldn't wait so he ended up going in Jaeger was busy doing some stuff and uh, apparently as for Kel Kellett and Forrester they had to deal with a little pest named Porter who had a little dirty secret <laughs> And the reason why Porter was here, because he was trying to, he was trying to get Forrester to talk about his mother, why he let her go. Uh, despite that, uh, Por yes, like I said, Porter had a dirty secret. What was the dirty secret? <laughs> oh, he had a prostitute, a mistress to be exact. Because <laughs> what happened was, while Porter was harassing Kellett and Forrester, Forrester mentioned about Turkish bass, and suddenly he got red. And he was blushing. <laughs> so Kellett had to dig, and that's when he found... Where she found out that he had a dirty little secret. Ooh. <laughs> and of course. Uh, yeah, so Porter tried to harass as uh, Forrester and Kellett about their relationships. Tried to har almost, almost harass uh, Kim and Vo and Andre Reigns. Just because about his mother. But he had a dirty little secret. And everybody kind of knows. Well, except for Andre. It's, I'm just glad. <laughs> anyway, Andre was at this uh, country. And first, uh, he, he met up with the f met up with Ethan. And then he was got, ended up getting captured out by uh, police because he was uh, getting in trouble. But then, of course, uh, he was let, was let go. Apparently, the uh, 
a, a police officer named Tolka actually needed Andre because the reason why was he was actually going to leave if, if the police force to be with his family in New York. And, that, and instead he ended up helping Andre Reigns to go rescue his sister and her friend. And and there were some horrible situations. It turns out uh size that uh, despite that Andre found uh Ethan and Leon and it turns out this inspector Abbott guy was uh nothing more than trouble. Oh or is it Abbott or Alcott, I forget. Anyway, he's he's the inspector dude was was trouble because he actually kinda lied to Rondre because he actually kinda worked with the kidnappers or who kidnapped Jordan and Grace which was Ugh Anyway, there were some bad things happen. It turns out Ethan got Killed and held, held where it took uh, where it took him after he saved him, Eve Andre from getting from getting attacked, and then it turns out Tolka ends up being murdered when the uh, when Reigns and Tolka try to go and rescue Jordan and Grace. Instead, he 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 died. And anyway, after that, Jordan, Grace, and uh, Andre ended up being taken by the police. And and apparently the guys were... Apparently Andre was about to be interrogated by the other police officers. But apparently, I guess, Toka's partner came and he was about to talk to him. And, he to and Andre says that he feels sorry that Toka died for helping him out and his partner says that he was about to go to live in New York with his family because his family moved to New York because of the I guess because of the organized crime that was going on at the city that they were at but it's about but as soon as something was about to happen Jaeger bust open demanded the release <laughs> <laughs> and reveals, oh, there's a new, the new office is open. <laughs> and then for the Europol, I was like, dang, Jaeger, what the heck? <laughs> she busted open. She got Andre, she get, and of course she got, and then of course she leaves Andre, a, a Jordan and Grace, and she, she was like, she was like strutting her stuff. <laughs> of course, uh, course, uh, <laughs> course, uh, him and end up telling, uh, Forrester and Kelly what was going on with Andre Reigns. And, uh, Kevin says to Forrester to go easy on him. Because after all, he went through saving his sister and her friend. I think he should. And he said, I'll consider of it. 
maybe he's maybe he was gonna get mad at him, but I don't think he would. So, uh, in the end of it all, uh, turns out Grace, anyway, this whole entire episode, it turns out, well, that I didn't know, but Grace is actually rich, but her parents want her to get a proper education. So, smart thing, to say the least. So, they ended up, uh, getting the, had to go all private jet and rescue their daughter and they had probably taken Jordan home and it turns out that uh Andre felt felt uh felt like what he had to do because he had to be a big brother even though he felt like it was mostly his fault but his sister understood and even though she doesn't blame him despite that their father kicked them out for no apparent reason, I don't know why, but maybe, hopefully, we'll probably learn. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a nice moment that Jordan and Andre had until Jordan went home with Grace. And, of course, by the time they probably went back to, probably by the time they reached back to the United States, they probably told Ethan's uh, parents what happened. <sighs> It was really much of a good episode. <laughs> anyway, now let's talk about FBI Most Wanted. Oy yave. So, I turned. So, I guess for now, un unless there's another reason, I'm not sure. But Cheryl Barnes is going to be probably taking a break. And I don't know oh, if because of. Uh, I don't know because of the actress who plays her, uh, Roxy, Roxy uh, Steinberg, is uh, taking a break, ache, so she can recuperate, hate or something. I don't know why, but anyway. In the episode, it was revealed that, uh, <laughs> it was revealed that it's, the episode started off with a couple named Will and Marianne, and who went after their hired hand couple named Lupe and uh, Vita, and for some reason, they took the money, and they were running and Will and Marianne went after them. And sure enough, uh, what, the reason why was, for some reason, they had to be with their children. Instead, for some reason, uh, Will, despite what happened, Will ended up ran, ran, uh, ran, uh, the van that Dicta was driving, and nearly almost killed himself, killed his wife. And the reason why was because they don't, because they don't know what was going on. I don't know. There was something going on. They did not want them to, to them to leave. So instead, they end up killing. Well, ends up killing them. So it gets really ugly, and it turns out 
all Will and Marianne have secrets. It turns out they had a daughter. There's a farm that is actually a place where you, which is known as the plant that that people are trying to make it legal. <laughs> and apparently, it turns out, Marianne, just like she was born in the United States, she's a daughter of a Russian mobster. And it gets a little too weird. Because <laughs> it turns out that despite of what was going on, the grandfather, her father, the Russian mob, turns out he's no longer er, take have the kingdom um it um it turns out his his older daughter has it yes Marianne's sister Laura she is the she was and plus she did some bad things she, especially she lied to Cheryl oh Barnes you never lied to an FBI agent and the way how they can tell is because of how she sort of reacted <laughs> um, yeah, so what happened was, Will and Marianne kind of weaseled in some Ponzi scheme, but make it weed. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That was the terrible tweet. Ugh, anyway. But what happened was, they tricked people into this, and, you know, it was really bad. Despite of the shooting stuff I was like eh. so it turns out that turns out the sister ends up kidnapping her niece from her her sis, from her own sister and of course the two of them ended up confronting each other after Laura told her sister you know speak to Will cause Will has something hidden he actually had a farm going on at the uh at some printing press that was uh that was filed for bankruptcy. So apparently uh <laughs> apparently Marianne and Laura uh, confront each other. Of course, it was the funniest part when Marianne kind of ended up owing Will because of what happened. And then the end of the matter was uh, Barnes and company came and they took down all the men and and they ended up, well, they shoot up Will. Uh, I think they sh kind of shot at Laura and they end up wrestling uh, Marianne in the end. Despite that she tried to be with Rachel. But instead they said, she said she had to, she ended up being arrested. <sighs> despite of this madness, I'm hoping for the judge to go easy on Marianne. Because she, in fact, she does not deserve to be arrested because she hasn't done the kill. It was her stupid husband and her ignorant sister. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's probably now being under the gut watchful eye of her dear grandpa. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Sorry, that's wrong.
<laughs> anyway, so yeah, so despite of this madness, Cheryl realized that you know she needed a w- she needed time and a way to you know relax because of what was going on because her wife is now working and she needs to be taking care of their son. And even though she didn't have time for with a niece, but she wants to do it with Theo. So she told Isabel that she wants to uh, need the maternity leave if, to take care of her son. But at the same time, the reason why she also wanted to leave was because after the loss of Jess... And she needed time to, you know, deal with this. So Isabel granted for her. And then as she was about to leave, Isabel told Cheryl that she got an email that they finally found somebody who was going to take over her. And they left us hanging. Even though we already know who it is. (laughs) I know what you guys are going to say. Lindsay, what do you mean by? Oh, uh, I mean, it's already spoken in the last episode. Duh. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, Dylan McDermott is now revealed that his character, his name, is Remy Scott. So, when are we meet Remy Scott? Not until two weeks. <laughs> so, yes. So, and if you guys missed it, that um, you'll probably understand what's going on. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool to finally now we could see Dylan McDermott <laughs> playing a good guy. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I think I'm gonna enjoy this because you know why? Um, because actually, I never. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I never see him play a good guy. Um, the only times I had seen this, him being a good guy, was never much. I mean, as a bad guy, besides the Law and Order Organized Crime episodes, was that movie he did, and that starred, uh, Gerard, uh, was it Gerard Butler, if I'm right? Yeah, Olympus has, fa- Olympus has fallen. Yeah, it was, yeah, Gerard... Gerard Butler, <laughs> he played Mike Bannon, and, uh, huh, and, yeah, in the movie, and Dylan McDermott was revealed to be a bad guy, eh, because he played, yeah, Dylan McDermott as Dave Forrest, former United States Secret Service agent, now working for the Prime Minister's South Korea security detail, but it turns out he was actually working for the North Korean uh, ultra-nationalist mastermind named Kang Yonsak. Yeah, it's a really kind of a good movie. Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I seen that Oh, oh, London has fallen. I never seen the the sequel from it. Says it called Angel Has Fallen. Or wait, probably I did. 
a little bit, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, some of them, I had spoke to somebody who said a seen uh, Dylan McDermott as a, uh, <laughs> as a, a good guy, but, I mean, not, but not for me, I mean, that was what I'm trying to say, but I'm just glad. <laughs> And I am looking forward to seeing his character as Remy Scott will go down. <sighs> I know it's I know a lot of people are just want to question me. It's like, why is this happening? Well, it's because us, you know? So, I am definitely looking forward to see how this goes down. In any way, shape, or form. <laughs> so, anyway, I just found out that on Twitter, there that... You know, I think I spoke about this, like, I don't know, a couple of episodes ago or so. But I, even though I found out that Law and Order SVU and 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 the NBC One Chicago shows are being renewed, however, there's more news. Yay! Apparently, our apparently the three most favorite shows is NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, and NCIS Hawaii are all renewed. Renewed. Yay! And for those who think it, oh, there's no way that they can't renew this without without Mark Armin's. Special Agent Leroy Jethro Gibbs. Well, guess what? They did. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so... Season 20 is going to be fun. Yeah, I can't believe this. 20, 20 seasons? That's like, what, 20 whole years? Sheesh! So, yes. 20 seasons of NCIS is happening. And also, there'll be uh, season 14 of NCS Los Angeles, and there'll be season 2 of NCS Hawaii. And hopefully, let's hope this continues on. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, this is so good. Despite that today is April 1st, and there's a little pranks galore going on, apparently Ninja's brother decides to prank him. Um, he starts to wear er, his uh, his brother's uh, hair wig egg that is based off of his real hair, and uh, starts to stream a on his brother's setup. Even though his brother, even though Ninja is what incredibly in Florida as as this time, so yeah, that's really funny. What's going on? Hehehehe <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, so it's really hilarious. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, and it's the funniest thing and uh anyway, yeah, yeah, if you guys don't know, um Ninja's brother's name is I think I think it's uh hang on, let me look at this. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Let me just make sure yeah that's his brother's name is Jonathan <laughs> like mine <laughs> but he's an older brother and mine's is younger <laughs> Yeah, it says Ninja like retweeted him. His it says here, I prank Ninja for April Fool's Day and stream from a familiar place. <laughs> That's when Ninja realized that his uh, brother is in his setup. Up. It is really funny, and Ninja asked, "Did mom?" He says, "Did mom let you in?" He's and his brother says, "Yep." <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> so, despite of what's been going on, I should have had ended it, but uh, I said it not to. Ooh, because here's the reason why. Since today is Wednesday, all new episodes of all 31 Chicago shows are going to go down um, tonight. But instead, there is also a uh, kind of a live stream is going down today at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And because it has something to do with, with what it, it is today. It's called One Chicago Day. And which is looking through behind the scenes of all Chicago shows, get to know the characters and actors and actresses who play these characters, and on top of that, um, you know, find out what is uh, find out a lot about other things as well. <coughs> So, anyway, um, yeah. Now, I know most of you guys are going to ask me about, about this, but, I mean, I could say there are a lot of things that I can learn about what this is all about, but at the very same time, you know, there are things that, you know, what to expect, at on uh with the whole entire one Chicago shows. I mean <laughs> now I don't know what to expect on tonight's episodes of all the one Chicago shows because the last thing we were left left hanging was how things were going, especially with um on Chicago Fire and Chicago PD specifically because um, last thing we know was, uh, on Chicago Fire, Stella was finding to have a fourth earthquake. It's her and 
Mouch and Blake Gallo together, but with the but with the reinduction of Mason, who was a criminal, or oh, actually a recent parolee, I should say, a who first of all could not join the CFD because of his because of his criminal record, but he was sent over to Saint Louis. Well, since then, we he got his uh the crime that he committed as a teenager was definitely expunged. He was allowed to come back to Chicago, uh, to attend the Chicago uh fire academy, and since then he has now finally have a chance to be a uh, part of the Chicago fire department. On top of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Stella's thoughts, it's after even though she tried to find somebody else, and with a little procedure from one Christopher Herman, Stella now says she's at Mason and as a member. So it's interesting to see a female firefighter who's ranked as lieutenant gets to <laughs> get to be in charge of three men. <laughs> and I don't know why. I I feel like this is really kind of a good thing. <laughs> mm. So if you guys don't know, yeah, Stella is now in charge of truck eighty one and which is everybody wanted to stay out of her. And you know, it's really kinda of cool. I mean after all, she definitely is charge of Gallo, Mouch, and Mason, which is going to be a good thing. I don't know why. I feel like it is a good thing. I mean, some people will think, oh, it's so bad enough because you have one female who's going to be in charge of three males. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But like, where's the problem? I mean, we all saw how she rose the ranks. I mean, after all, she—I mean, we all saw how that happened. And when she first started to, uh, help out Matt Casey about with the situation with Blake Gallo when he was just a candidate. Now, as a now being. Now she's in charge of him um, because she worked so hard getting there and she successfully passed her lieutenant's test. So I I would love to see how this goes. And I know, oh, and actually speaking about, <laughs> speaking about, about, out, uh, Still a kid, or I should say, the actress who plays her, um, Miranda Ray Mayo. She, I think what happened was I was on her Instagram account and, and looking at her Instagram stories. She shared uh, something about a woman who's actually, I think, is pawn the CFD legitimately in real life. Um, I think, and she, and 
And I was stunned that she shared about this and how a woman ended up successfully rose the ranks of battalion chief and, uh, you know, she leading a firehouse on her own. I think it's really nice to her that she shares the story of a, uh, a real firefighter who worked so hard and, I know some of you guys will say, oh, I can't believe she did it. No, she actually is trying to be nice about this. And people don't know that, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to do whatever you can do in a way you should be. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, now... Besides upon Chicago Fire, Chicago PD is going to get us, driving us, going back and forth between Hank Voigt's CIA, Anna, and Burgess and Rusick's, otherwise known as Burge. Burgess. Adopted daughter, um, Michaela. Uh, I mean, cause you know it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna go crazy. And even though it, we're gonna, if I know most of you guys do say, are we gonna see much more about the situation with uh, Jay and Haley? Maybe, me, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard much about that. I mean, ever since. The ever since the situ ever since the two of them ended up starting to get married, like uh, Matthew Casey and uh, Gabrielle Dawson did, but without much witnesses. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the only other thing was to uh, get rid of that. Uh, that the uh, FBI agent, agent uh, North is his name, out because of what he was doing, why he was settling in Chicago, was not only just because he was going to derive a, a intelligence into insanity, but at the same time, it caused uh, trouble because he was protecting a family member, which was very much disturbing, to say the least. But, in the end of it all, all they got, they kept him away at bay. And, I don't know if he will be resurfacing. But, hopefully, he better not. <laughs> so, I think, for now, I think this is just gonna be a, a, uh, uh, stories be mixed between of uh, Hank's CI and uh, and uh, Kim and Adam's daughter or Michaela. And of course, <laughs> of course, you know, and understand Michaela has a huge family now, not just Adam and Kim, and not to mention the Kim's sister and niece. Is or Adam's father. I mean, 
she had, they have everybody in the intelligence unit. I mean, after all, if Kim has, like, some hard time doing, like, Michaela's hair in one episode, she'll go to Kevin. And Kevin knows somebody who can help do that. And even though I thought it'd be real nice if they would teach Kim how to do it, but they said, you know, let there be. I mean, after all. I mean, you have... And then, of course, you know, if there's any much of danger, you know, uh, besides that, Kim can also turn to um, Hank, Jay, Haley, even Trudy. <laughs> and not to mention, and it's not just the intelligence unit. If anything, like, issues with fire stuff... She can turn to Trudy's husband, Mouch, and everybody over at Firehouse 51. And anything has to do with all the medical stuff, everybody over at Chicago Med will help. That's how much of a family it is. Because after all, Trudy is married to Mouch, and then of course you got Jay's brother, Will. That is how much of a community it is. This. And I always say this, <laughs> this, and you know, a lot of people really like what I said. You know, it takes. It, there was a saying because I remember watching um, uh, Sunday morning on CBS that show. Oh, and uh, what happened was there was a story about a girl who, I think. They said that she lost, I think, both of her parents. And and now she's being taken care of by a small town. Um, and there was a saying, and it takes a village to raise a child. And that's what it is. It's, <laughs> well, except for Nikayla has the whole entire intelligence unit. And... Firehouse 51, and those over at Chicago Med. Because, <laughs> you know, Michaela is family. And even though, yes, we also saw about her, her uncle, Theo, even though oh, he's a complete doofus without realizing that about his, turning to his brother, Michaela's, uh, biological father who is in jail for killing Michaela's biological mother and her family as well as uh, um, her biological father's uh, girlfriend who's a complete psychopath and trying to be literal um <laughs> in the prog in progress. Oh, excuse me. Oh, Phew. Sorry about that. But you know, if there's a possibility that he could be into Michaela's life, maybe, maybe not. But like I said. It takes a village to raise a child. Or in this case, it takes a one police, police force. <laughs> or, 
in Chicago PD. In in the Chicago PD. To take care of a girl. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Anyway. So. I will bring you guys some details about what it is. What uh, the stream's about for Chicago. For the uh, One Chicago Day. Because, you know. It might be interesting to see how that goes, you know? <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the One Chicago Day a um, stream and then also jump into the One Chicago uh, episodes. So anyway, so what I suspected was not much. I mean, there was hardly much about behind the scenes. It was mostly about get to know the actors and actresses who played the characters and deal with fan theories and questions and stuff. And I was like, mm, cool, guess. I mean, especially my funny... The funniest part about this is, um, I guess, about what they want to know about uh, about Tree Platt. And... Uh, uh, play and played by the wonderful um Amy Morton, which by the way she is very talented. Of course, uh, Edmund Walk, uh, who plays uh Wallace Bowden on Chicago Fire, wondering if uh Amy was gonna get back into doing um musicals or something like that. I don't know what he mean by because he knows that she is very talented. Of course, I would like to see a. Kind of a short play, or not a short play, a kind of a play that would only last for a couple of, 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 um, I don't know, a couple of nights and stuff. And actually, I want to see both Amy and Emin, uh, both starting roles in some kind of play. And also, had it streaming on, uh, YouTube. <laughs> Like, I don't know, put it up on the uh, One Chicago YouTube channel. <laughs> that would be worth it. Just make sure to slap ass to it. <laughs> anyway. <coughs> <coughs> anyway, so, um, I think the one person who made it really funny about this was uh, Jesse Lee Sofer, who thought, what would does Trudy Platt would do on her off days? Now, I usually think when she's not working, she goes and spends time with her husband, uh, Randy McCollard, a.k.a. Mouch, Mouch, um, who's probably kind of tired her, probably tired himself. And sometimes they would... I go drinking and themselves, you know, especially at Molly's. And they both uh, co-owned it with Christopher Herman since he, since, um, since they both ended up buying uh, Otis's share after his passing. <laughs> now, understand, I'm not talking about uh, Chloe and Joe's son, Okay. <laughs> There's a little confusing. I'm brought, we're all talking about Brian Zavonichak, a.k.a. Otis. Anyway, 
So, yeah, I would assume that would be. But Jesse, man, <laughs> I know Jesse Lee Silver, who plays Jay Halstead on uh, Chicago Beauty, he thought, ha, ha, like, maybe she's like a gamer girl. I'm like, Jesse, <laughs> I know you mean well, but, bruh, no. <laughs> um, there were a lot of the funniest things and stuff. There was, uh, there was stuff put together, like, you know, a lot of things. And, and, you know, it's, like, really worth to good to watch. I mean, and by the way, it was not much stream. It was more of actually been put together as a premiere that lasted for, like, an hour long. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Actually, they asked everybody what is their favorite scene, and uh, Christian Soley, who plays uh, Mouse on Chicago Fire, says his best is of out of all ten seasons is the scene from season nine where Mouse end up rescuing a girl at in the uh, party fire that uh, ended up getting him that award. Christian says, oh, it was, like, the best thing he filmed. I'm like, oh, man, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, because especially because after that, um, uh, Blake says, uh, you know, you, he says, that was amazing. And, of course, when Gal explains the uh, slate sit to, to uh, Ritter and uh, and uh Herman and <laughs> and I think probably those at the squad as well <laughs> they couldn't believe how they couldn't believe how it went <laughs> um Amy Morton like who like I said met police uh, sergeant Trudy Platt I think her favorite part of the f- filming in Chicago <coughs> PD was about the uh, when Trudy was trying to find out uh who was responsible for uh um earning hit, murdering her father and it turns out it was some guy that she knew ooh, ooh, who told which she said, you know, um You know, cut corner and stuff. And apparently, and then all of a sudden, Hank ends up fighting Trudy. And yeah, and actually, it had to do with not just um, her father being murdered, but somebody tried to have her murdered. And which apparently, it scared the bejesus out of, uh, out of Mouch. Mouch. Even though it, even though, um, even though actually, I couldn't believe when Hank actually kind of accuses Mouch for it, but when he, but he knows that Mouch was innocent. So Hank figured out it was, uh, it was somebody that Trudy knew right away. 
and you know he told her and he, and he told her like you know he will go to jail for what he has done he and which of course Judy was so upset and you know ever since she lost her father there and she was like really upset about that but you know Trudy is Trudy. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, um, <laughs> uh, you know what? The most, I think I realized the most funniest duo that make me realize on uh, Chicago what, Med is uh, of the of the one Chicago shows is definitely Oliver. Platt and uh, and S. Epra Murchison, who plays Dr. Daniel Charles and uh, Miss Sharon Goodwin. And what happened was they were talking of, they were trying to quiz each other. And the funniest part it is, um, they were talking, uh, whatever is, uh, Sever Murchison was asking uh, Oliver about this question. It's like, and he's Pete <laughs> saying, uh, um, Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. I was like, bruh. <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty funny. Um, anyway, so uh, so that will bring us to the uh. One Chicago sh- episodes because let's talk about all three shows, shall we? So in Chicago Med, it turns out that uh, Dr. Jill Scott ended up recruiting Vanessa about to deal with a patient who was being was supposed to be protected by uh, by Chicago's finest. Aka the Chicago Police Department, um, from a bunch of bad guys who want this patient to be dead, and because I think the patient was deals with, I don't know, some kind were part of some kind of criminal underground or something like that. Anyway, it also had to do with that uh, woman he met who turns out to be. Uh, somebody CI, and I was like, okay, this is getting too weird. You know, and... It was crazy. I mean, straight up really crazy how that went down. And sure enough, also, was... Um, there were some other things going on. Um, Will and Charles ended up working together and finding out about um, this girl who was sick, had cancer, um, not very terminally ill, but apparently parents says, oh, yeah, our daughter, she wants to stop the treatments that make her sick further, despite it kind of helped her. And they know that, oh, she's going to die. Now, I'm starting to doubt that. I was like, really? Is that what the daughter wanted? Well, I guess maybe. I don't know. Despite that, will persuade the parents saying, you know, there are treatments getting better that will not make her feel like she doesn't. 
She wants to quit. But the parents are like, oh, no, we want our child to die. And then it turns out there was something to making her sick. And at first I thought it was that stupid tea. Turns out the boyfriend was giving her some or some kind of oral treatment and and that got her sick. Despite that the tumor she had, it was shrinking. And just and so it's like and like the parents thought it was a miracle because of the tea and it wasn't it was the boyfriend so I guess you know kind of break up but at the same time I'm still present extra doubt because of what the parents are saying and I actually did not hear the uh the their daughter to say yeah that's gonna happen and I so will Will and Charles, they try to do their best, but they couldn't stop them. And um, despite, I still feel like that's not right. Anyway, hey, so, uh, let's see. Um, now, now, as for Dr. Marcel, Dr. Blake, Dr. Archer, and uh, that woman named Hannah, who Archer's having issues with, um, had to work together to deal with a patient who had uh, her private part uh, being replaced by one that is from a cadaver. And her private part, cadaver, her cap, yeah, her cadaver private part was very much, uh, not working and uh, had no choice but to need a, a living donor one. So it turns out the sister offered hers, but she refused at first. But until she, until she had no choice but to have the surgery, so the sister ended up offering hers. Which apparently she wanted her sister to, you know, have children while she doesn't want any. Because she wants to be the aunt that spoils her kids, you know. And I was like, oh, first of all, it's kind of heartbreak and kind of sad. But, you know, at the same time, maybe, you know, it's what she wants. So, she, so the sister was like... Oh, I can't believe you did that. Well, yeah, she did, but she did it out of love. <laughs> uh, now, I don't know what's going on next week because there's... I mean, I kind of forgot already. Yikes. Anyway, so let's talk about Chicago Fire. So, yeah. So, we... So, I'm going to break down much of Chicago Fire because, oy, these spoilers are so spoiled enough. It's crazy. Um, what it is was, uh, what happened was in Ch- in our last episode, last episode we find out that Evan got in trouble with the bosses, but the bosses said, you know, this is just a warning. Next time, just don't do it. It's like, don't do it again next time, or you're gonna get into more serious trouble. So Evan heard that. He told Violet, "Oh, we can't see each other." I'm like. You guys just kissed in the ambo. That's it. I mean, you just need to 
you know, see each other outside of work, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, and, and Violet and Evan want to know who's responsible. Violet thought it was Gallo. Gallo ends up defending himself, saying it wasn't him. And it turns out, uh, it was this repair guy who binds complaining caught them kissing, and ratted it in Evan out to his bosses. And I'm like, bro, karma's coming after you, man. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the reason. So, I know what you guys said. Who's this repair guy that I talked about? Well, let me explain. I forget his, his, his name, but... All I know I referred to him is the repair Mr. Repair Guy who whines and complains and moans and bit biatches and you know, that sort of stuff. And let me explain how this happened. I mentioned in a previous podcast episode about this. What happened was Sylvie and Violet got to uh got to work on a cold day in Chicago. And what happened was they were informed by the first shift that Ambulance 61 is has the heater broken. So the girls know that they were going to be cold. So what happened was after dropping off a patient at Chicago Med, they ran into Evan. And Violet blurted out saying, Oh yeah, uh we're cold old you know, our you know, even C two ones and heaters broken, that sort of stuff. You know? And you know, Evan heard that and he's like, Okay, I'll tell probably do something about it. He did. And uh it turns out they got in to get the repairs done. So here comes Mr. Whiny Knee repaired guy who wanted to mostly fix a truck uh, ends up whining complaining about what those two done and even though Sylvie says you know you're gonna get you know, this is gonna come back to bite you I'm like yeah Sylvie how many times you've been how many times you kind of gone off of and got mad at Matt Casey See so much, especially when you use the excuse of, oh yeah, like even though I kind of love him, him, but he used to date my, he used to marry my best friend. We know, and besides, let's not forget it, Sylvie. You ended up up dating, and Gabby's brother, duh. We all know that. But you use the excuse about about Matt and used to be married to Gabby when you forgot you were in love with her brother. And even though you both realized, even though Sylvia ended up realizing, you know, she loves Matt at... As Matt loves Sylvie, because they know that despite what happened with the Dawson siblings, I mean, seriously, I mean, 
I mean, let's face it, during uh, during much of season four all until season six, ex- ex- Matt and Sylvie were so much in love with the Dawson siblings. Yes, Gabriella and Antonio Dawson. Because Gabby was the, was, uh, the PRC in charge, and as for Antonio, he was working in the intelligence unit at, with Hank Voigt. At first, because he was somewhat at protest, but because of what happened, but he got out, out and led the run intelligence. <laughs> and uh, since then, uh, they are really much buttheads, but in the end, they kind of respect for each other. And after all, Hank actually kind of helped out Antonio when uh, he was taking drugs that supposed to alleviate the pain. And, and he got too far. Uh, uh, and Hank had to get him help. Because that's what that's what happened. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. So, despite Sylvie got a little bit mad at Violet because of this, even though uh, after that, she told Violet went to Evan and told her, told him not to do that again, which he understood. But, lo and behold, he go, oh, Mr. Whiny Complaining, a guy, repair guy, who just had to fix the heater for the girls. And then after that, went back to repair the truck. He ends up, at some reason, for some reason, he's in Chicago mad. And he somehow catches Violet and Evan just kissing and in the ambulance. Like... Dude, one, why was you, why were you there? And two, why should you care? It's none of your business. Oh, wait, it somehow, it turns out it is. Anyway, he goes into, he goes into Molly's and tells anybody. And when Gallo heard what he said, Gallo, Gallo told the guy off. I should say more like threatening him, but he told him off and says, if I, you leave Violet and Evan alone, you know, those two are in love, no matter what, uh, why should you go out and rat to somebody, you know, leave them alone or I'm going to hurt you or something like that. I forget what he said and when he told Violet the truth. So, yeah. Yeah, so because of that, Mr. Repeat guy, a who whines and complains, your days are your days are numbered because of this, and because of that, Violet and Evan couldn't nearly see each other, or especially at work. Despite Violet is actually the head PIC, see until Silvery returns, I guess. Oh, yes. In other words, it is. Violet is in charge. So, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, she ends up looking... She has... She met her new uh, paramedic partner, Emma, who may 
maybe has maybe gonna end up having the hots for Gallo. Which apparently may cause a little jealousy again. Or maybe some kind of stiff competition. <laughs> oh, good grief. Anyway, besides that was going on, um... With that was going on, uh, the cruises, Chloe and Joe, um, they actually were deciding to have a routine. Uh, Joe would take Javi to school on the day he would go into shift. And, you know, and Javi is still learning how to speak English and doing so well. I mean, after all, I mean, day by day, he's getting better. He's still using Spanish, but <laughs> he wants to, but Joe really wants to make sure for uh, Javi to do uh, do best, and which he did. In fact, after shift, uh, Joe ended up meeting with his, with Javi's teacher, and uh, spoke to, spoke how much he's doing so well in class and had Joe to help and tell Joe to, you know, have him to catch up with the other students, which apparently that's what Joe and Chloe did. And they also met with uh, uh, Javi's caseworker who told Joe and Chloe there's a slim chance of finding a family member for Javi, a family member yeah, a family member of Javi's in the United States because they don't know where to look. And Javi says that he may have an aunt. But it turns out they couldn't find an, an aunt. So it turns out Javi is going to be staying with Joe and Chloe. And I hope they're going to, I hope he's getting adopted. Because. After all, I mean, this will be a perfect, like, a perfect family dynamic. You know, you have Joe and Chloe, the and, of course, their son, Otis. Maybe Otis. Yes, Mr. Brian Leon Cruz. <laughs> and, of course, Sin and Harvey, who, a fourth grader. Who ended up saying a who ended up helping Joe and Chloe get Otis back to sleep because he's a fuzzy little baby boy. Oi! <laughs> anyway, now besides of that, let me get into the most important of the episode, and that is uh, a a situation. What happened was, uh. Truck 81 and Squad 3 and Ambulance 61 were called in to deal with a car accident, which which apparently the car split in half. Some guy ended up dying, and some and a guy who was driving the car that does not own the car ran away, and a woman who was in the other half of... Uh, to get her hospitalized. And it turns out uh, that the whole entire situation in 
connection that Stella realized what was going on. It has to do with the woman in the back. Despite she was hurt and she kind of f- forgot it, but it turns out she kind of not dead because of the reason is she got abused. Now, bear with me while I'm saying this, because I know I shouldn't be speaking about this, but yes, what happened was she suffered a kind of an abuse. And apparently, they Stella saw the signs. And how she know? Well, it turns out she told uh, Kelly about this. And she says that her ex did this. And... I, and even though th- some thinking, oh, it might be Grant. No, it's definitely Grant. If you guys don't know, <laughs> so when Stella was first introduced in season four of Chicago Fire, it was revealed that Stella was at the time married a, to a man named Grant, who is not well. He has mental issues. And what happened was Stella had to take care of him. And despite he went so far as going off the deep end. And much to say, a despite of she was fearing about getting married again. Which apparently, I don't think she should. I mean, after all, when Kelly proposed to her in season uh, nine, I mean, she said yes. I mean, and she was happy. And I know what she used to say, why was she, at first, she would never get married again, yet she happily accepted Kelly's proposal. Well, it's because Stella, despite that what happened with Grant, she, she swore off that she would never get married again. But as time goes by, by with in a without throughout the seasons, I mean, yeah, she kind of got out of it, and she because she was more wanted to be in love with Kelly Sunride, right? Because she realized that he is worth that, and she he feels the same. Hey, I mean, after all, I mean we. I mean, for three seasons, I mean, before season four came along and introduced Ostella, I mean, you know, it was just, you know, seeing Kelly sleeping with many women. And then, of course, with Stella, uh, it's like he feels whole. You know, he's no longer er, being like his father. He's being himself. And realizing slavery with so many women, it's not worth it anymore to him. He knows that there's one woman he wants to be for the rest of his life. If you come home to after working so hard... Even though she does the same thing he does, although they both are in different uh, companies, is in Firehouse Fifty One, and you know, and that's what 
I guess that's what Kelly wanted. Not only he wanted somebody, not only does he want a woman to sleep with, but to do other things as well. You know, watch TV, go to a Black Hawks game, um, go to Molly's, he's enjoying the drinks, Thanks. go to work at Firehouse 51, and it's their jobs as lieutenants, and leaving, leading out companies. Yeah, that's what I see here. That's what it is for Kelly. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Stella knows about Saul, knows Saul's designs because she, and w- especially with the bruising thing. And all I could say about this is I'm just glad Stella knows because, because she said her ex, and I believe it's Grant. And it's probably the reason why he kind of choked her is because he was off his freaking meds. And he's had some kind of probably a nervous meltdown, nervous breakdown, I should say, and uh, try to hurt Stella in the process. So, yeah. So, because of that, um, yeah, and that's the other thing. I think not only because, besides that Kelly needs a woman to be with for the rest, what, with one woman the rest of his life because of what they, of what they both do, it's still, uh, she needs a guy a, who is not, not as off the hinge as Grant was. She needed somebody to protect her. And would never harm her. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Stella talked to the, wo- to the uh, woman, her, which her name is... Uh, Adriana, and she says that I know the signs, and and she understands. It's the sign. Adriana says, "No, you says you don't know what I'm going through." Oh no, she knows how what she's been going through because of it, and even though he is, he's probably still getting help for for what he has done and to harm her. I mean, after all, all, he was completely crazy, and, you know, and Stella had to put him away. So, yeah, Stella convinced her to tell the truth, in which she did. The guy got arrested, and he's going to jail. However, the patrol officer who Stella talked to was being a complete other jerk and doesn't understand. That, you know, you have to protect her at all costs and inform her about what is going on with the person, with the man that she's been getting harmed with. Because otherwise, 
hey, you might as well take, you might as well go spend a couple of days in New York, or like over in the Manhattan and Sixteenth Precinct, and learn what uh, the the Special Victims Unit do under the guise and training of one Captain Olivia Benson. Yeah, in other words, mostly of tonight, mostly of last night's episode of Chicago Fire, make me got some Law and Order SVU vibes. Ay ay ay! Of course, there will be more of that ton- that tonight. It, but I'll probably start up the episode from there. Actually, no, I'll clear this in for this episode because I do want to. Wait until, uh, get back to it. Anyway, so, (laughs) so yeah, um, so, uh, Chicago, (laughs) so yeah, that's what happened in Chicago Fire. Now, I kind of found out next week's episode of Chicago Fire, actually, I kind of saw a little sneak, little snaggins going on for, uh, because of it, uh, it, thanks to, uh, somebody who works on the, uh, behind the scenes, and, and actually found out last night what is going on. It turns out in next week's episode of Chicago Fire, apparently something goes wrong at a um at a supermarket that when some bad guy holds a lot of people at hostage, which one of them turns out to be a deputy district chief, Wallace Bowden. I'm like, oh crap, Bowden is being held hostage. I'm like, crud. So, yeah. So, everybody's, everybody's kind of watching to deal with it. Now, the reason why I kind of a little bit know about this is actually, I was expecting, I was wondering, something might go down on, on, uh, and an episode of Chicago Fire when um Miranda Ray Mary shared aired from somebody who works behind the scenes. And it was pretty kind of funny and I recognized the uh shop the the grocery store because <laughs> whatever it was Miranda was being silly like when she was uh getting things in the shopping cart while she was wearing, wearing her uh her bunker gear I was like oh, oh dang it Miranda <laughs> God bless her <laughs> she's she's so silly <laughs> and whatever she was like do 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 grab some grab some lemon grab some lime grab some beer I was like really girl <laughs> uh, it was pretty hilarious, even though she said it on Instagram. I was like, the Instagram story is like, really? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so I was like, wait, I re- when I saw the pr- sneak preview, I was like, oh, wait a moment. I see, I know that story. That's where Miranda Ray Mayo shared aired on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> so, yeah. Next week on Chicago fo- Fire, Bowden is held hostage. And... Now they have to wait, and and everybody in Firehouse 51 has to wait and see if Bowden ends up surviving this. <sighs> anyway, now we get into Chicago PD, and oi, 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 oi. Adam Ruzek. Well, despite if he, despite of he is trying to make things work with Kim and their adopted daughter Michaela. Uh despite Michaela might be having issues with her sleeping and have, and Kim put her into an early bedtime. Um now Adam went in fact despite that he had his arm somewhat broken and should have been recovering ended up meeting an old school teacher who told him about his daughter named Olivia. (laughs) Funny. Isn't it? Oh, the irony. (laughs) Anyway, um, it turns out that Adam wants to Adams finds out from his teacher, his old teacher, that his daughter is been not been home from been for like two months, and want to know why. So Adam went to was decided to go check the intelligence office, where he ends up meeting with Sergeant Trudy Platt. Turns out the. Out the um woman turns out the woman that he was looking for, Olivia, uh had two tickets that, that parked in two different spots in this on one street. Anyway, um Tree explained that to uh Adam. So it turns out that he finds where she was at, at and it turns out she and two guys she was probably living, I guess, I don't know. Uh we're all freaking high. Um I think both guys didn't make it, but she did survive this. And then apparently it turns out this has gone from being a narcos case to an intelligence case. I was like, crud. So, what happened? Well, it turns out Adam had to go undercover, ditch the sling that he's supposed to be wearing. And, you know, and uh, find the guy that Olivia was meeting. His name is... His last name is Wade. Oy. Anyway, so it turns out he had some kind of dr- 
um some kind of drugs uh, to deal with dealt out with and I was gonna be the buyer. Well it turns out for some reason then the Wade character kind of been spooked out out and realized that uh Adam is a is work is a police officer. <laughs> so he tries to explain maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but he and then he says, Oh yeah, prove it. Take some of this. He did anyway. Some kind of weird drug. Meanwhile, um everybody in intelligence is trying to find out much about this guy and then they were trying Figure out they're gonna take him down or not, which apparently they did. And but there were some crazy things happen. Um, and Olivia kind of got shot. Uh, Wade got caught, thanks to, uh, Kim. Kim. Uh, Ke- Kim, Kevin, uh, Jay, and Haley. When all four of them surrounded him and had him take down and Adam being saved by a Narcan. It was really kind of crazy, but even though despite what happened, uh, even though in the episode uh, the the teacher who was, uh, who went to Adam says... That about his daughter Olivia, um, being in danger. Uh, she was like kind of being high, but but in the end, she has now been torn off after she got shot up and somehow survived this. This Adam was definitely cleared. He didn't have much of the drug inside of him. And, you know. Oh, and by the way, the craziest part when he would turn that his uh, thing on that that uh, records Erd's, uh, things, Adam says is that he, he, he was saying that he was trying to tell Kim, says, Tell Michaela I love her and you are the best mother you are and Kim couldn't believe what Adam said, but that's because he was dying. But I guess in towards the end of it all, I mean, I thought Adam and Kim were going to repair their relationship, but it turns out they didn't happen. And Adam ends up living, I guess, at the undercover house that he was staying at when he was dealing. Like, so I don't know. Was that the right thing? Maybe, maybe not. And that's much about it because I didn't know if there was a sneak preview for ne- for next week, but I hope there is. But yeah, it was crazy enough to say the least. Okay, I'm gonna have to wrap up this podcast because right now it's a Monday. A all shows I believe this week are gonna be new, and I know it's crazy, but uh, yeah. It is what it is. Um, so hopefully, 
we could tell Joy this week's series, so hopefully this week's show is a myth, so I'm going to end this podcast right now, but before I can, I'm just letting you guys know that I've been under a anxiety attack, and the reason why is because things are being frustrated towards me, um, because I don't know, it's just like, you want to scream and, and sh- scream at th- people, you want to hurt people, it's just stupid how it is. And I know most of you guys are thinking, well, internet anxiety should make you feel like you're anxious. Like, yeah, but sometimes it makes you want to do something stupid. And what I mean by is, like, I don't know. I just, what I'm just saying is, I don't condone what I'm, um, what I am feeling. Like, because it's like you're about, it feels like you're want to do some bad things, and it's really kind of horrible. Oh, do you have this kind of things if you're having some kind of anxiety attack? Because, you know, like, for example, like, all my electronics just jumped off the bed because I didn't do nothing much after I put it down. Uh, next thing you know, I just wanted to just step all over it and, you know, and take my frustrations out. Well, what good it would be if I did that? I wasn't able to finish my podcast. I wasn't able to watch TV on my iPad. It won't do anything good. It just makes me want to just feel stupid. I know most of you guys are going to say, are you going to be alright about this, Lindsay? I'm like, not really. But you guys know how I'm frustrated and upset about stupid stuff. Uh, You know? And it's just, I don't know how it is, maybe. And some other things on my mind is, like, I just feel like I'm under so much duress and anger. And I know most of you guys are going to say to me, like, you should still go see a doctor. Well, I would, but just to say a family member is refusing to take me to, because I haven't, I always get upset and angry because of the way how my mother kind of lies. And I know most of you guys are saying, why does your mother lie, Lindsay? Well, let's just say she tells me things that I can't trust her. her. I mean, I guess this trust issue had started, I guess, ever since... Ever since this passing happened. Mother didn't tell... Actually, I think it was before that. Well, uh, I don't want to cry as much, but (laughs) my mother kind of lied to me. And how long this would be? What, four years? I almost feel like it's forever. 
But <sighs> if you guys don't know, I have trust issues with my mother. And she'll lie to me anyway. Hey. A lot of people don't know why. It's just... I can tell. Now this all started with... When she lied to my face. Saying things like... Oh, I haven't... We both haven't seen him in five, six years. Bullcrap. I know you've seen him at the wedding. And... Just, I didn't call her out first. I just want her to just confess to it. But as years gone by, I think her age is getting to her. She's trying to remember things and, you know. And every time when I call her out as being a liar, she says, Oh, no, I am not a liar. Yes, you are. You try to make up lies as you go. Just to make yourself either feel better or forget. And it's and it's pathetic. I have to deal with her nonsense and of forgetting things and try to get my try to take care of my own self when I can't do that as much. You know, people always say, you know, there's about self care. No, that self care does not exist for me. Self-care is a nonsense thing. When you have to take care of family members who are being so old or being so stupid and, and want to scream at you, treat you like garbage, you don't have no time for that. So those who said self-care are... And always have that for themselves. Come, come and live my world. Where people think it's okay to bully others and don't want to take responsibilities and can't take care of themselves. It's a bunch of bull crap. <laughs> and that's why I'm very much angry and upset about this. So yes. Understand where I'm coming from. Okay. Oh, and by the way, on top of that, I'm just also wanting to let you guys know that I haven't heard back from 7-Eleven because I guess they don't care about their customers who are complaining about them being harassed by and harassed and being accused by employee 
ears of theirs, or thereof, if, I mean, because they should be, because this is really much of garbage, and, you know, I am, I haven't gone back to the, to that 7-Eleven store, and, 7-Eleven has not sent me an apology because of what happened and because despite that I was the one who wanted to go there and decided to use this because I did not want to deal with this old man and and, and then he comes after me and accuses me of stealing when the fact is I have skin it through their mobile checkout, uh, you know, and I couldn't tell. And even if he is an employee or, or he's a relative of the store owner, or he's not, he's not dressed like a normal Seven Eleven employee, you know. That's that should be grounds, grounds, grounds of uh, question of termination or questioned out by the company. Hey, I mean seriously. Hey, hey, I know my mother wants to get angry and go after that guy, but and just give him a hard time, but it's not even worth it. I just rather have, and this is why I, I really am so against, uh, really right now, so mad at, at laziness from corporations, you know. Oh, they don't want to investigate eight, uh, franchisees or store owners because they're just too lazy. They're going to make up excuses like, like, uh, like, I don't know, it's not, um, something stupid, I don't know. You guys think think of it, and the reason why I'm saying this is not just Seven Eleven, but McDonald's. And the reason why is I always have issues with them as well. And it's usually like they don't want to do anything about going and looking and investigating like franchise orders, franchisee. Because what happened was, uh, I had really. If you guys do follow me on Twitter. Or, I don't care if you follow me on both Twitter accounts um, for gaming and my other. But what happened was I, as I tweeted under Miss Lindsay Star. That's M S L I N D S I E S T A R R. Um, I went to you know I tweeted out how frustrated I was with what happened at the at the. Uh, McDonald's where I live because where I live the closest McDonald's is just oh a short freaking drive and what happened was one day I went to one night because my mother decided to work so hard hard because she had to put some things for her work and she said you know we need to eat something I was like okay let's do McDonald's by the time we were it, by the time we go out there, it's already 8 o'clock. I didn't bother to order yet because I have issues going on with both on with the phones and stuff. But by the time we get there, I, it's already like so dark. 
And of course, there were some people inside. And then we see a sign. It says, "Oh, it's closed. It's at eight o'clock. You're supposed to be open until oh, oh, at least ten. I'm like, what is wrong with you? So we decided to drive away. And of course, my mother starts to scream. I'm like, God dang it, mom. See, it's the, anyway. I know what you guys are gonna probably say. Oh, this you gotta can't be so mad at your mother. Well, I am still, but anyway, this is the good part. Anyway, so she, we go over. We drive all the way to the next location, which it's which is sort of in the bad parts of. I don't know why I should say this, but it is the bad parts of Trenton, and 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 we not full, not really in the fully bad parts, but it's about to be. Anyway, we get there. I finally get the chance to go on the app. I order their food on the app. Uh, and we got our and had it paid and then got our food and I was like really happy. So apparently when I tweeted that uh, tweet uh, what went down. I mean the McDonald's Twitter account just reached out to me and says to fill out their form. I did, and then I get an email of the next day saying, "Oh, you know, blah blah blah." I'm like, really. After I, when I fill out the form, I asked for corporate to look into this before they decided to hand over to the franchise. What happens? Oh, they still send it to the franchise owner, because this is, this is why I'm totally against this. And on top of that, uh, they go from, it's like passing the buck. Like, I'm complaining to corporate. Corporate should be looking into this. They're not really. They decided to still pass the buck. I wanted corporate to look into this this before they do th- that. And you know what? They don't. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, it is what it is. But they're like, uh, we'll still pass this off. This is, and even though we'll make sure... Uh, this has been taught to the regional owner. No, you're still passing this to the franchise. You're corporate. Corporate should look into this. And if you don't do that, this is called passing a bug. That means you don't give a crap about your customers. Hurts. So, like 7-Eleven, both of them don't give a crap. Corp- that. And here's the weird part. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, the weird part is the difference between 7-Eleven and McDonald's is, is because the 7-Eleven and is owned by a the by a Japanese corporation called I no 7i which is located in Japan. I feel like like if there's a chance to speak to the uh the global boss himself, boss or else either if it's a he or a she probably it's a he. I 
hope they would understand unless somebody can translate this to Japanese. Uh, I hope they can realize how bad customer service it is in the United States and their and the North American and specifically in the United States uh headquarters they're not doing any crap about about this and you're la- and you guys own seven eleven and I mean seriously <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I've, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at this, if you Google search 7-Eleven, and if you find their Wikipedia page, It currently is owned by Seven I Holdings, which is a Seven Eleven Japan. <laughs> in other words, they own seven. In other words, it's. Called that because it all owns Seven Eleven and also Speedway. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so it's actually it's called Seven I Holdings, and I think it's probably goes international. And the revenue is really kind of down. But anyway. Wait, it's owned by the Master Trust Bank of Japan? Really? Nippon Life. Masito Eat. Masito Ishi Ito. Credits. Sasson, uh, Cebu Holdings, Tokyo Broadcast System, Enjo Moto, Mishu Futsan, uh, Mishu, Mishu, Shoku, <laughs> what? Shinkesi Electric Railway, wait, the Mishu, <laughs> it says Mishu, it says Mi. Mitsubishi shook win, but it it's the Mitsubishi Corporation. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> hmm. So mostly, it's kind of so it's like really divided out by percentage but the master trust of master trust bank of japan
which that's owned by Mitsubishi UFJ Trust Bank and Banking Corporation. Financial Group. So yes. I know most of you guys are going to ask me if if I should reach out. I'm like, maybe, you know. And that's for the McDonald's Corporation. Yeah. Seriously, they should be ashamed to themselves. It's how frustrated that I am, no matter what. Okay, guys, that's about it. I hope you kind of enjoyed this wild emotion of of uh, this podcast. I do apologize for this. But hopefully you guys can forgive me because it was something that I need to express an anger and upset, you know? Okay? Anyway, thank you all for listening and I'll see you soon. Till then. Bye for now.